Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to have you all here. Looks like we got plenty of room for social distancing this morning. So uh, just come on in, make yourselves comfortable, and we'll get started here. We have a number of people traveling and there this week, kind of typical things during the summer. So we're happy for all of you that are here and uh, what we normally do is uh, usually once a month, usually the first Sunday of a month, we have a good old-fashioned hymn sing out of a hymn book. So you'll find these hymn books underneath your seats that are up in front of you. Um, and normally I have a uh, piano player here. We don't today. Uh, so I have a guitar player instead. So we haven't really done this together before, so we're going to give it a shot. So we may not know uh, every song, but you all are welcome to pick songs. I'm going to have one or two to start here, but any of you that have favorites and uh, want us to sing them, feel free to shout them out, and if Jason and I uh, know them, we'll try to lead them for you and just uh, join right in in a good old-fashioned hymn sing. Before we do that, let's bow our heads for prayer. Thank you, Father, for this day that you have given us, this opportunity that we have to meet together in your name. I thank you for this chance to sing these songs, these old hymns with so many rich words and meanings, and I pray that that as we sing them, we would think about them and that these messages would resonate in our hearts and minds and, and become our testimony. I pray that you would be honored and glorified by our meeting here this morning and our praises to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to start with number 147. And after this one, feel free to shout out your requests.
his face I at last shall see Will be my joy to the end To sing of his love for me How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall Your selections, 406. God. 
Celestial shore, I'll fly away. 
I suffered much for thee, more than thy tongue can tell. A bitterest agony to rescue thee from hell. I bore, I bore it all. Sorry, my voice has disappeared all of a sudden. <laughs> I will cut that one short a little bit. Let's try one more that's uh, <clears throat> maybe a little lower that I can sing yet, and we'll wrap it up with that. One more selection. 853. That's a good one too. Jesus, 
will sing and shout the victory. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you for joining in with us in singing, <clears throat> and especially so after my voice gave out. <laughs> well, welcome again, each one of you, and uh, it's a blessing to have you all here. Have a few announcements uh, before we continue on with our service. Um, once again, in regards to social distancing, we want to be mindful of uh, each other on that and uh, please follow uh, those guidelines as you uh, feel are necessary. We do have masks and hand sanitizer uh, in the back foyer. Also in the back foyer are coffee, tea, water, a few things like that, so feel free to help yourself to that. And back the hallway to my left, your right, are the restrooms straight back the hallway there. Also just uh, <clears throat> this week, as you can see, we had a lot of sod laid down, so uh, we do ask, it is roped off, but please uh, make sure that we stay off of that. We stay off of that for the next several weeks while that takes root, so let's please be mindful of that, especially with our children. So for our service uh, today, Brother Phil's gone, so, but we have uh, no shortage of uh, people to fill in, so we're going to start out with uh, Brother Josh speaking and sharing what God is doing in in their life, so uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Most of you know him, but uh, I'll let him introduce himself briefly and then share what the Lord has laid on his heart. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, my name's Josh, and my wife Ada's sitting back there. Some of you all know her better than me, but um, it's good to be here again. We were here last Sunday, and we enjoyed it. Um, why don't we uh, pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you for uh, bringing us together uh, this morning. I pray that uh, your spirit would work this morning, Father, and just uh, to speak for me, Lord Jesus, and uh, that you would be glorified, Lord. And I pray that um, uh, if there's any uh, hard hearts here, Lord Jesus, that they will be softened uh, for, your, uh, for you and towards your, uh, your spirit, Lord. Just uh, give this uh, time to you. Amen. Um, last Sunday, Phil asked me to share, and um, first off, as some of you know, that Ada and I, we uh, were together back in 2014, and it, it didn't go as, as planned, I guess, or as, um, didn't go perfectly. And that's what happens when you try to do your own thing without, without the blessing of, of God behind it. Which, I'm not saying God didn't bring us together, because I do believe that he did. I know he brought us together, 
and then he brought us uh, together back um, back together in 2017 and we ended up getting married uh, December 2nd of 2017 um, and God is God is so faithful he's been so faithful to us and it's it's a blessing to uh, like we, we don't have to we, we don't have to work for what God has we, we need to listen for what he's got for us. Um, and then, soon after we were married, there was a brother from uh, the church there at Ellerslie that shared on Albania. And God laid Albania on our hearts to that that's where we're going to go. And Lord willing, we're going to go there eventually. But we, we don't know when. God speaks differently to, to each of us. And he laid Albania on our hearts, and we know that's where we're going. We just don't know when. And um, as of towards the end of this month, Lord willing, we will be moving to Oklahoma, where uh, her parents are. And a few years ago, or even like a year or so ago, maybe, I, I would not have been open to the idea of moving to Oklahoma. But God works. Because I, I love it out here. I've been out here since 2011. And... I love, I love living in Colorado, but God has other ideas, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, and I'm, I'm glad that we can't, we can't, uh, it's not our job to bring things about, like if we listen to God, we will never go wrong, it might not be the way that we want it to go, but it'll be the way that, that God has, uh, the way that God wants it to go, and that's, um, that's what we want. I want to. I want to listen to what the Lord has for us, um, regardless of what I want. We have our desires. We might think that we we know how it should go, but that's not. Uh, that's not always the case. And praise the Lord for that. He is merciful, and He uh, shows us uh, His will for us if we're willing to listen. Um, in Hebrews eleven. Uh, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance or the foundation of things hoped for, trusted in, the evidence of things not seen. Um, the definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. If we can, if we have, God can lay things on our hearts, but if we have if we have a an idea we we there's this let me put it this way people can say that they they see where they they see uh, they see where they think that God is calling them and they call it faith. But faith 
We don't walk by sight, it's by faith. If we can see it, is it, is it faith? If we're, um, if we're going, for me, like, for example, if we're going to Oklahoma, like, I want to know that I have a job lined up before we get there. But that's not the case. God laid it on my heart uh, when we were down there, we were down there for almost two weeks, that our next step is to move. And when God lays something on our hearts, we need to obey Him, and then God will work things out. I don't know how it's going to work. I honestly don't, because I'm not there. We're not that far yet. So we'll see how it works out, I guess. But um, praise the Lord for His working. He's, he's been so faithful to Ada and I, and we've, uh, we've enjoyed ourselves. It's been a good, uh, good little bit since we've been married. Almost, well, the December will be three years, so... I believe that if we are willing, if Christians are willing and available to what God has, if they would seek the Lord, go to that place alone with Him and seek Him, there would be a lot of Christians doing what God has instead of wondering what His will is and not doing anything at all. If we're willing to spend time with him in the secret closet to pray, like very deep in the Bible, and doesn't go well because I guess I'm not super deep into I don't know I don't know how you can explain it, but I'm saying this because I want to share with you something that the Lord just taught me, and you know, and you know God's style, right? He is like straight to the point, and he knows exactly what you need. So I hope today, in a way, you can relate with me to what happened to me. Um, but at the same time, I hope that you can see how God loves us and see, sees us. So let, let me tell you, let me start by, by telling you this. Um, so we, we, we got... By the way, I need to tell you this good news. We just bought a house. I'm so blessed, and I, I thank God for that opportunity. We moved to Windsor now. We, we used to live in Port Collins. We, we moved to Windsor close to my in-laws, which is a huge blessing. Um, and then, so before we moved here, we got some guests, some visitors for, I mean, just for dinner. Tacos, of course, you know, right? And, and just, you know, sharing, I mean, about, yeah, about everything, about life and God and however you want to call it. You, you those those teams that you talk with people and nice conversation and everything I love these guys of course and then we got into a point in which I had to say something but if I said the whole thing it was gonna be it was gonna be a little bit uncomfortable you know and I love these guys and I did I didn't want any anything to disrupt my relationship with them. You follow me? I mean, does that make sense? I love these guys, so I don't want to say anything. I sometimes I say like dumb things or stupid stuff that people laugh. I don't know why. Maybe because of my accent. That maybe that's it. But I didn't want to say something that will disrupt. Is that a word? Disrupt? Yeah. Disrupt my relationship with them. So 
I was afraid of uh, making my relationship with them uncomfortable. So what I did, I took the whole truth and cut it in half. And just said half of it. I don't know if you've done that before. I hope you haven't, but if you have, you will relate with me. Or if you do it. And there is not such a thing as half-truth. That's actually a whole lie. Right? If you, call, if you cut, I mean, it's like you have a big burrito right here. Imagine the burrito, carne asada burrito, some cheese and salsa. My goodness, we need to go right now and buy some burritos, right? And then if you eat half the burrito and somebody asks you, what do you eat? Oh, I ate, I ate a whole burrito. Um, and what's the other piece over there? So it's a whole thing or it's nothing. So by telling half the truth, I actually lied to these people. I know it's not good. I've been following Jesus, or I don't know if he's following me to take me, to take me back all the time for, I don't know, 20 years of something. I'm 21, by the way. So I look like 21, right? But no, I'm not. I'm not 21. Um, that's bad. Can you imagine lying at this point of my life? Now, I want you to... I don't want you to think that I'm trying to justify, but I want you to understand this. I am an adult. I look like a boy, but I'm an adult, actually. And I lied. And it's not good. I know that. But my intention, even though it was good, the root of my intention was good. Man, I didn't want to say something to disrupt the relationship with these guys because I love them. You would think, man, I think that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Well, yes and no. I mean, I can love them, but that's not the right way to love. Right? So anyways, when they left and I closed the door of my house, right away, not even three seconds later, right away, closed the door, and I felt like a huge bucket of cold water with a bunch of ice on me. What exactly was that? And I'm like, uh, I felt so convicted. Isn't it cool that God don't let you move away from him one inch? The first moment that you do something wrong, he's like, hey, what's going on in here? Why did you lie to them? And of course, I started to justify myself. Are you serious? I mean, if I told the whole truth, our relationship is gonna, it was going to be disrupted. Even if it is a little bit, I don't want that. I love these people. I don't want to have any issue with them because I love them. And I would do whatever it takes to be right with them. In my culture, in Mexico, family is a big thing. We will die for family. And I'm serious about it. We will go to jail. We even will do wrong things just for the sake of the relationship with my family. I mean, I went, this is kind of a personal thing, but I went into debt because of family and had to pay the whole thing. It wasn't my debt, but it was mine now because it's family. I'm trying to explain to you how important for me is my family. And with these guys, I don't want to have not the little, uh, 
I mean, not the most little thing issue with them because they are family. That's why I took this decision and was afraid of making a mistake. I mean, yeah, disrupting the thing. So I told just half truth, which was actually a whole complete lie. It wasn't a big thing, but I made it a big thing. So the Holy Spirit just started to talk to me. So what is this then? And I was trying to explain and justify myself. Well, you know, I love these guys. And I don't want any problem with them. I don't want any issue with them. Okay, so you don't trust me or what? And I'll, no, 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 I, I do trust you. But I mean, it's just, you need to understand, it is better this way. Because I know they're happy. They're fine. I mean, I'm going to be okay. I will get over it, you know, uh, uh, whatever. Talking to myself and my flesh and jumping around. Just like, like, like um, singing victory because it won that little battle, let's say. And then, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, talking to God, right? Not, not like God was there, like, oh, yeah, you know, God, I will, yeah, I mean, not like that. You know, when the Holy Spirit just, He knows how to talk to you personally and each one of you. So He wasn't, okay, so do you know better than God? So you know better than I do then. That's what I was hearing almost from God. So you know better than I do. And so that took all my weapons and reasons and like, no, I, I do not. I do not. So you can imagine that, that night I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Man, all night just thinking about it, going around, pushing my wife a little bit because she was taking my space, you know, all that. <laughs> then taking my pillow and put it in between the legs and just thinking about it, it was, it was awful. I don't know if you have experienced that, that you cannot sleep because of something that is not letting you sleep. I couldn't sleep. So, I couldn't sleep, basically. I, I don't know what time I, I actually managed to fall asleep. But then the next day, um, of course, the Holy Spirit was working in my heart, which I'm really glad. But it was so painful at the same time. And then um, I'm like, God, please, could you do something? I mean, I, I want to be right with them, of course, but I'm, I care more about my relationship with you. I want to be right with you. Okay, can you do something? So I went to the Bible. And you know, when you, so when you open the Bible and you leave it uh, like, like a lot of time open in the same place, it takes some kind of memory, you know, the sheets, they, they like fold a little bit so you can tell where, where you are. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So, I went to open the Bible and open it, Second Peter. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that if you are into a situation or whatever, and you're like, what does God want to tell me right now? And you open the Bible and it's like, Jesus wept. Well, how does this relate with my issue right now? I have no idea. I mean... You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, at the same time, I think God is so powerful that He can use whatever He wants. And sometimes He wants you to open the Bible and then you read that and that's exactly what you needed to read. Boom. Praise God. That's amazing. Oh, we have a visitor in here. Hey, Denzel. So, um, that, that, how, that's how it happened. Right? Now, I'm not saying that it's a rule. Please don't take home, don't go home and say like, yeah, this guy told me that if I open the Bible right here, it means something. And then you open it in the maps. Oh, I guess I need to go to Israel or something, right? I mean, not like that, of course. So, I, I, I opened in Second Peter and started to read, which that's what I would like to share with you, a little bit of what I 
I learned from this. So, Second Peter, first chapter, verse three. I'm gonna read a couple of them. It says, "His divine power has granted to also things that pertain to life and godliness," which is pretty amazing. I mean. His power granted us, so God, us, through His power. And then He says, Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Right? How? Through the knowledge of what? Of Him Himself, of His person, of who He is, of His character. What for? For His own glory and excellence. Goodness, so He's from Him to us that... We go back to Him because it's about Him. And then it says, By which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises. What for? So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. That's amazing. Divine nature. I mean, it's like saying your nature is human, in our case, right? But not anymore. I know it sounds really weird. But our nature was sin, but not anymore. Now, I'm going to give you the most random example you have ever had in your life. But just so you have an idea, can you imagine a cow right here? Nice cow. Okay. Okay. You know cows, brother? Okay. You have a cow right here. And the nature of the cow is being a cow. Right? And suddenly, the nature of this cow, please imagine this. Okay. I know it's weird. It's not a cow anymore. It's an eagle. Ooh, I know. And suddenly the cow starts, <laughs> sorry, that's a bad joke. So then the cow is an eagle. So suddenly you go outside to milk the cow and you see the cow over there. Hey, come back, I need to milk you. So that weird, I know it, that, that's why I'm doing it very weird because it's weird. How the nature, you know it cannot happen. You know that's impossible. That's why I'm giving you that random example. It's impossible to change the nature of a cow. It's going to be a cow forever. Maybe it will become a hamburger at some point, but we don't know that. Okay, but then us, our nature is bad, it's sin, it's everything that is wrong. However, God took us from there and put us in His nature, divine nature. That's what we're talking about. Having, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I'm finishing the fourth verse. Let me read that again having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. You know what I'm saying now? That's our nature. Sinful desire. Man, it's insane. It's insane. If, listen to this. Even if you have God in your heart, if you pay attention to your nature and to your desires, you're going to go do things that you didn't even do before you were a Christian. And I'm telling you this by experience. Unfortunately, man, you could do really bad stuff if you just follow your nature, your heart, your flesh. We are removed from there to this divine nature. Now, verse 5. For this very reason, you guys make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. 
and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steed or steadfastness, Stead, steadfastness, steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now I'm gonna go back a little bit because some of those words I wasn't sure what they meant, so I just you know, a dictionary and try to find out. I'll understand a little bit more the words. The word supplement, I'm related with it because I study human nutrition, so know what, I know what that is. And I can tell you that a supplement, it is something that enhances or makes something else better. Does that make sense? So that's why, if, I mean, if you guys take vitamins or any kind of supplement, it's not to supply the food. In other words, so you don't kick the burrito out of your plate and put a bunch of supplements. You don't do that. So you eat the burrito with a lot of salsa, of course, and then you can take the supplements because this is making the burrito, well, a burrito is almost perfect, but it's making the burrito a bit better. We're talking about nutrients and that kind of stuff, okay? So, supplement, to supplement your faith. Now, I hope you have an idea what faith is, right? But faith... It's not, always, it's not only believing something that you cannot see, but it's a complete trust and confidence in something. Right? I mean, faith does not only apply to believing in God. It can, you can have faith in whatever you want, unfortunately. Uh, but in this case, we're talking about Jesus, God. Right? Believing completely with no questions in Him. Yeah? So this faith, this faith, it says, to supplement your faith that you already have, brothers and sisters, with virtue. And that word, I was like, what is that? So I went, dictionary, and so on. And I, found, I, mean, I made my own um, uh, definition in here. So it's having like very high moral, moral standards, right? So it's like, I mean, high standards, which is good. I like that. I like that. So your faith with virtue, which is moral standards, and virtue with knowledge. Now, many of you, at least I, I was thinking knowledge. So are you talking about knowing? Like knowing about God? Like knowing, yeah, I mean, I know the Bible. I, I mean, I have read the Bible a couple of times. Or knowing that God, that Jesus is God, and the, so his Father, and then the Holy Spirit, and there are three, there are one. That kind of knowledge, is that what you're talking about? But actually knowledge, the actual definition of knowledge includes, which is pretty amazing, having the experience. Now, I can tell you this. Actually, I cannot tell you this. I cannot tell you how it is to live in Japan because I've never been there. I have no idea about how Japan is or whatever, right? And if I came here and told you, hey, you know what, in, in Japan people, man, they, they don't walk, they jump. And you'll be like, um, that's not true. I've been to Japan and these guys walk like normal people. I mean, maybe they, I don't know, I'm, I'm making this up right now. So, um, I cannot tell you anything about Japan, but I can tell you about the Netherlands. I lived in the Netherlands for almost two years and I can tell you this, which for me was like, what, what exactly is this? So when they are, let's say you're walking in the street in the Netherlands and you see a friend, your Dutch friend, they come and they give you three kisses. I don't know why. So one, two, three, when you say hi. And then when you leave, you give another three, so that's six. 
Now, if you see three guys at the same time, you do, you do three, nine, it's a bunch, a bunch of keys in everywhere, right? So that's what I thought when, when I saw them also. So I can tell you that, and I'm sure about it, because I have experienced that. Well, it didn't kiss me, but, um, but I saw many, many times, like, oh, one, two, three, and sometimes I was taking notes, like, one, two, three, hey, you skip one, man, come on, go kiss, <laughs> go kiss that brother right now. So they do that. And I'm sure about it. If you don't believe me, go to the Netherlands, you will see it. Because I had the experience. Right? Maybe you can tell me something about, I don't know, if you know how to cook some kind of food and I have no idea. Or like, let's say habanero. I can tell you the habanero, man, it's spicy. It's crazy spicy. I haven't tried the, the ghost pepper, I think is the name of it. I haven't tried that one. I know it's bad. I know it's really spicy, but I haven't tried it. But habanero, trust me. You will feel it for a couple of days. So, knowledge, this knowledge, the experience, all right? Not only knowing about God, but experiencing the transformation of Jesus in your life. That kind of knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Now, that sounds, I mean, self-control sounds like easy, defined by itself, but I still want to define it. It says, is the ability to control oneself in particular, one's emotions and desires. Isn't it interesting? Emotions and desires when it says that the sinful desires? I don't know. So, emotions and desires or the expression of them in one's behavior. Check this out. Especially in difficult situations. Boom. Hmm. That makes sense. Because if you are in an easy situation, it's easy to control yourself, right? It's easy to be like, oh, cool, yeah, that's fine. But when you're in a hard, hard, hard situation, that's when it's difficult to control yourself. I hope you're following me. If anybody falls asleep, please bring a pillow or something because it's kind of for your neck, hard. So, self-control, this self-control with steadfastness. That word I didn't know, so I tried to find out. And steadfastness me, means immovable, not subject to change. Isn't he amazing, all these things? Not, not um, subject to change. It stays right there. You don't move regardless of anything. So you need self-control for that, but you stay there, immovable. And this with godliness. Which the definition of godliness, I, I didn't like it because it says something like, like being devoted to a religion and stuff. And I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if that's what the Bible means. I think I, I, I feel like it refers more to be like, like God. Like, you know, God in your heart, living, living your life like Him and being holy like Him. Of course, not because of you, but because of Him through you, like, like Josh said. So, and then godliness with brotherly affection. Wow. So it's, it's bringing this whole concept of faith, believing in something, of the experience of knowing God, self-control, you don't move, be like God, and then affection, which affection is, is like a feeling. Right? You feel affection. You care for other people. Right? And this affection, brotherly affection, to love. Which love is like affection to the power of a million, thousand, whatever you want. It's like a very, very, very deep 
affection for somebody to the point in which you would give your life for that person. Does it sound like I'm describing somebody that we have heard before? Right? I was reading this and I'm like, are you talking about, is this Jesus? It sounds like Jesus. Because it's about him, right? But it, he's, so he's describing all these things. And of course, after I had lied, written this thing, it was like, uh, I know. I know where you're going. I know. I, I understand. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know where you're going. Verse 8. For if these qualities, check this out. If these qualities, all the things that I described, if these qualities are yours, check this out, and not only yours, but increasing. Right? Because it's very easy. And I've done this many times. You're a Christian. You got it. You can live your life however you want. I mean, I'm, you're sure that God wrote your name in his book. You know? You're good. Go do whatever you want. Mm -mm. It says, increasing. It's a transformation. It takes maybe differently for each one of us. But it's a process. Right? We are being transformed. So these qualities, if they are in ourselves and they are increasing, these qualities keep you from being ineffective or infruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, just that verse is like, boom. Ineffective. That means that we can be effective and fruitful. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. I actually, so nearsighted, I was like, okay, that sounds like you cannot see very well because I'm mean, saying that he's blind. So I went and checked it out. So what's nearsighted and what's the worst condition of nearsightedness? And I think it's a disease called myopia or something like that. Yeah, myopia. So this is a problem. I'm not going to give you a whole medical explanation in here, but I just what I understood is that it's a it's a problem that you cannot see, like like depending on the distance. But it can be so bad that you cannot see one foot away from you. Can you imagine that? I mean, you can see until somewhere over here, maybe, sort of. Yeah, that's really hard. I mean, if you're walking, and then, and then, I mean, you, boom, you'll see this right here, one foot. That means that if you're running, uh, I don't think you will be able to stop in time, right? So, even though you're not blind, you are legally blind, because you won't be able to drive a car, right? I mean, can you imagine one foot? I, I don't know, <laughs> it sounds like random, but that would be really hard. So, it's, you're actually blind if you're nearsighted. So, you're going to be, if we, if we lack these qualities, so we are so nearsighted that, that we are blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed, cleansed or cleansed from his former sins. Can you imagine? Can, okay. Check this out. If we, if we took the microphone right now, 
and we say, okay, each one of us right now, you're going to say, tell to everybody the worst sins that you ever done. Man, I will run. I don't want to tell you. I, I, don't want to, I, don't want, I don't want you to hear. Because you want to be, what? I, I cannot believe that. I mean, I know the guy. But I'm pretty sure that I almost would think the same about you. I cannot believe it. Guys, we were bad people. Bad, bad. The worst people of the world are not outside, are in the church. Well, they were the worst people of the world. That we've been cleansed, redeemed by His blood. Now, if we forget this, if we forget that God took us from there, that's being blind and being stupid and being, I don't know, whatever word you want to add to that. That's really bad. So let's not forget that we came from there. It doesn't mean that we're going to let these things that we did in our past to torture us now. We've been forgiven. If we forget about that, we're blind. Let's not do that. So, number 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Hold on right there. What? Say that again? Please say that again? Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. I understand that. Okay, I'm being called and elected. Elected means selected to live like this, with these qualities, right, in our lives. Are you telling me that I follow this If we practice these qualities, you will never fall. Boom. Let me tell you something. I don't know if... I mean, my guess is that you all know the story of, of the guy that wrote this letter, Peter, whose former name was Simon before. N nice nickname, right? Um, so this... Let me tell you a little bit of the story in case we have somebody watching the video and they don't know exactly what we're talking about. Simon, whose name later was Peter, he was a fisherman. We all know that. He was a fisherman. Um, and then he met Jesus, who is God, the Son of God, and God himself. That's a whole mystery. But he, he, so he proclaimed being God. And then Simon, and, and then Jesus told Simon, hey, follow me. Right? I want you to be like me. And Simon said, okay, let's do it. So he followed Jesus. They became friends. They became brothers. I mean, they, they shared bread together, fish, drinks. I don't know, maybe they did a pinky promise and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So they were bodies. They were really, really good friends. They passed through really hard experiences and really nice experiences and all whatever you want. Right? Really nice, nice, nice friends. Now, there is a point in which Jesus was betrayed by another friend. He went to the soldiers and, hey, you know what, this guy is here. Some coins over there, some silver coins. Was it silver or gold? Was silver? So then, in that situation, when this, these people came to take Jesus, Peter, being you know like a brave guy, took his sword and cut the, the ear of one of the soldiers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is this is a brother. This is a friend. He's feeling for his friend for G, for Jesus. 
you're not going to take my friend just like that. And we're going to fight, right? So he takes his sword and boom. You know that part of the story, right? And that tells you where Peter was in his relationship with Jesus, which is pretty cool. Man, I want that kind of friends. If I get into problems, I want somebody to be with me and fight back. Hey, don't laugh. Don't laugh, man. I, I, I hope you help me. So that, that amazing relationship they had, that much love Peter had for Jesus, right? But I don't know if it was the same day, but I'm pretty sure it was a couple of hours later, I guess, because while Jesus was being caught or he was detained or whatever you say, call that, Peter was walking around just to check out, you know, check it out, is my, is my brother being, is he okay? Is he doing fine? And trying to check everything. But some people noticed him and they were like, hey, I know you, man. You, you, you're part of his team. You've been with him. You know what he did, right? He said, no. Not only once, not only twice, three times. Man, your best friend. Take it, take it this way. I want you to think about a friend of yours that you love a lot. You've been friends for many, many years. You have shared burritos in many re Mexican restaurants all the time and hang out together and play in soccer and volleyball and whatever you want. You are friends, man. I mean, the first person that you think about when it's like, hey, let's go do something fun. Hey, how's it going? You want to come? And they always say yes, regardless if they are busy or not, right? That much love. Okay, that guy, or the other way around, let's do it the other way around. That guy gets into problems. And, and you can do something. Maybe you can go and say, hey, you need help or something, whatever. I don't know. But then, when he's in the middle of the problem, you just turn back and walk away and say, I don't know you. I don't want to get into this because this is too much. You know why? Because you're afraid of whatever is going to happen over there. That's why Peter, my guess, thought. Because he knew what was next. Killing right? And Peter was the one that said, I will never let you down, Jesus. I'm going to be with you all the time, my friend. We are bodies. We're going to do it. We're going to make it together, right? Remember that? Okay, that's the same guy that, I mean, didn't betray Jesus in a way, I don't know, but he denied being his friend. Man, he was afraid like crazy. If you are to that point in which you deny your relationship with somebody, I mean, it needs to be huge, right? This same guy, the same guy that I'm describing to you right now, a liar, wrote this letter. And he's telling us there is actually a way that you can live with these qualities. And that's why he started with his divine power, Jesus. Because it's, it's Him transforming your heart. And He will make those qualities to grow in your heart. And they, they, later, later on, they will express in your life. And you're going to end it up with love in your heart. To love your brothers and to love your enemies. That, that's how. That weird transformation, that's how it is possible. Because if you're thinking, if you're thinking this, I know people, or in my case, I know people that, man, 
I always say, if, I mean, I think this guy is going to go to heaven anyways. So good people. Super high standards. Good quality. Man, just a lot of love in their lives. And I respect them. But they do not have Jesus in their hearts, in their lives. So their standards, even though they are high, they are not God's standards. And their standards are depending upon them, themselves. But these ones come from God. This one is impossible, actually. You cannot, you cannot live your life in God's standards if you do not have Jesus in your heart transforming you every single day in every single area of your life. So, that was Peter. That was Peter, a liar. And he is telling us, you can actually live like this. Now, uh, so, of course, this, this was written way, way after Peter denied Jesus, right? So, and the reason for that is like, so what happened, man? How, how come that you could write that even when you deny your brother, your friend? So, it, it is, it is possible because he was forgiven. He was redeemed from all the garbage that he had in his life. And he was made a new creature. And he was given this qualities. These are the qualities that you need to take and increase. You need to have them in your, in your life and increase them. And the only way to do that is through Jesus. That's why you need to be connected to Jesus all the time. Because if not, you're going to end up being blind and you will go back to all the garbage that was in your life before. Now, when I was... Um, of course, after this... I was like, okay, I understand, I get it. But my flesh, man, that thing is so tricky sometimes. Or I mean, all the time. It's super weak and super strong at the same time. I mean, super weak in the sense that it wants whatever it wants. And super strong because sometimes he takes all the power and just go, goes and does whatever he wants. Right? So my flesh was telling me, God is not going to forgive you. You're not going to be forgiven. And so, of course, I was talking to my wife about it. Um, and she told me, she asked me, is there anything? Is there anything that Denzel, my son, can do that you will not forgive? <laughs> I started to cry and I'm like, no way. There is, any, there is nothing he can do to stop my love for him. Little children, your parents love you so much that they, they will never stop loving you. Guys, if you do something wrong, don't let your flesh to tell you that your parents don't love you. Don't be afraid of it. Go to them. Go to them and tell them, I'm sorry. That's what I did. I went to God and God, I'm sorry. I need you. I need your help. I thought I was finished, man. I've been 25-something years following you. I thought I was finished, but I'm not. So that took me to my knees and God, please forgive me. And he forgave me. Man, this is so weird that I don't feel guilty anymore. Maybe you think you should not be preaching here. You just lied a couple of weeks ago. What are you doing here? 
I've been forgiven. That's, that thing is not in my life anymore. He took it from me. And, and I'm sure about it. I don't, I don't feel guilty anymore. That, that's the outcome. That's the effect of knowing God. Experiencing Him. You go ask forgiveness. And He's like, like you love your children. Of course I forgive you. Of course, man, I forgive you before you came and asked for forgiveness. Verse 11 says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about, um, what's the word? Calvinism and, and what's the other word? Armenian, Armenian or whatever the word or the name of this person. Which, by the way, I didn't know that this started in the Netherlands. So this, this debate started in the Netherlands, what kind of random. But I'm not talking about that. And maybe you're wondering, ah, I wonder if he's Calvinist or Armenian. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm Jesus, man. I'm in Jesus, Jesus. I mean, I follow Jesus. I believe that he's the one that came for gifts. I believe that, he, that I need him all the time. And he's his will. I don't care about anything else. That, he, gave me, he gave me the way to follow him. And it's here. It's here. That's all we need to know. Don't worry about, uh, can I lose my salvation? Follow Jesus, man. And if you've made a mistake, go back and ask for forgiveness and make sure that you are fine with him. That's what we are. So, I'm going to jump to the next verse. 12. It says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think you're right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. I, I think this is pretty cool because it's like in the movies, you know, in the movies, everything is happening, man, the war, whatever kind of movie you like. And then at the very end, at the very end when the main actor is about, about to die or whatever, that's the moment in which all the music changes. And then all the, the environment and the temperature changes a little bit. And they almost make you be like, something I know it's coming. I know something's going to happen. And then this guy says the most important quote of the whole movie. Right? If it was a Mexican movie, it would be like, bring me a burrito or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I would say that in my last moment. I need a burrito with salsa. You know? Mexican movie. An American maybe will be like, bring ice cream or peanut butter. I don't know. Something. So, just so you can relate. That, that makes sense, right? So, in the movies, in that point, it's the most important thing. Right? Because, and of course, if the person is going to die, what you're going to say, you need to, I mean, you need to make sure that it's something very important. Right? If it is the secret where the gold was, you say, the gold is in my drawer on the left side. Don't take my watch or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Right? You, you, it's the most important moment. Je oh, Peter, it seems that he knows what's going on because he says, I know the putting of, off of my body will be soon. So he knows what's coming pretty soon. I don't know how soon. 
but it's coming. So what he said before that seemed to be like very important. Guys, live under these standards. It is actually possible. Guys, I was a liar. I denied our Savior. I denied God, being a friend of God, because I was afraid, because I let my flesh take control of myself. And that was the outcome. But actually, there is a way to be right with Him. That is through Jesus only. That's the only way you can do it. That's what He's telling us in the highest point of His movie. So this is a point in which we pay attention to it. And it's like, yes, that's gold, man, actually. That's a treasure, what you're telling us right now. In your letter, man, this is a treasure. Man, if we live like this, we wouldn't have all these things that are going on right now. All the, the problems and riots and all that stuff. They would understand, man, we are made to love each other. I mean, God is an artist. What if He wants to make you short, tall, or white, or blue, or whatever? This is, this is, I mean, if I make a drawing, the other day I made a, I don't know if I told you this story, but I made a, Denzel asked me, Dad, can you make a, what was that? I think it was a dog. He asked for a dog or something. And you know, I take my, my skills, drawing skills over there and started, a dog right there. And then he came like, cow! And I'm like, oh, no, it's a dog. It's actually a dog. You see the tail. Mama, cow, cow. And I'm like, okay. Anyways, that's a dog for me. I wanted to make the dog a little bit fat. That's fine. So if God wanted to design you in any way, pff, that's okay. He's an artist. We belong to him. It's fine. So, of course, after reading all this, I went back, man, eh, what a hard thing that is. I went back to these guys, and, and I'm like, guys, I need to talk to you. I mean, I, um, and I tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm being transformed, like everybody, I guess. Um, and I saw last night when you, when you guys were at home, and you said this, and then I said this. That was actually true and not. Because I told you half, half the whole thing. So the, the, the real thing is that this, this, plus this and this. And I didn't tell you because I was afraid of disrupting our relationship. And I love you guys. I mean, I really care about you and I want, I want to be with you. I mean, I want to be right with you all my life. And, and of, I mean, of course I was crying, right? And, and they were like, man, We really respect that. And, and I really appreciate and I, and I think highly of you that you let God to lead you and talk like that. Now, I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to see like, oh, Lee, you're amazing. No, I'm telling you that the thing that I was afraid of, it was actually not a big deal. They were like, man, it's all cool, brother. We love you. So I was, I was seeing God in that moment. God was telling me, you see? You know better than I do? Of course you do not. I am God. I know better. And I knew it was going to be fine. I mean, th these people love you. And, and, and they will forgive you. And they forgave me. And we, of course, are fine. Cool now. Right? So, 
if, if this happens to you, man, I would say don't, don't, don't listen to your flesh. Don't, don't go over there. We have called, we've been called and elected to live in His standards. And I know they are very, very high, but it is possible with Jesus. So, of course I learned a bunch of stuff out of this. Right? I mean, first of all, I'm not finished. Guys, we're not finished. Even if one day you do right, the second day you don't know. That's why the first day, that day, you did right because Jesus was with you or you were with him, following him, right? The second day, do the same. Now, if you make a mistake, go back to your father, to Jesus, and ask for forgiveness. Children, if you lie at some point, even if you didn't want to do it, but if you make any mistake, the solution is to go to your parents. If they need to spank you, man, it's okay. But make sure that your relationship with them is right. They will forgive you. They will love you. They will keep loving you forever. Don't be afraid of that. Don't let the flesh win that battle. God, Jesus is with you, guys. And you're going to be fine. I promise you. I have lied too many times to my, to my, my, my father, my dad. And he still loves me. Many, many times. So, we're not finished. And God loves us Oh my goodness, in a way that you cannot explain. You cannot explain it, really. You cannot explain it. There is no way to explain how much He loves us. I mean, just in my, in my own understanding, just trying to explain how much I love my son, it's like, I would die for him. Now, can you imagine if, so if, if God is here and we are here, and let's say there were lo- levels of love, and if our highest level of love can be here, Right? I mean, we should say we can love like God, of course, but, but what I'm saying is like, He is, His love is, you cannot explain it. He loves you so, loves us so much that He would die. Hmm, He actually did. He did die for us. That much. Right? Because it's really easy for me to say, I will die for my son. But maybe I'm in a situation and I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I'm, I don't know. But He actually did it. So he loves us so much. And I also learned that I don't need to save myself. I have a father that takes care of me. And even when I make mistakes, he will make sure that I'm fine at the end of the, the situation or whatever it is. There is an actual way of living like this. Like I was explaining with all these standards. And you know the answer, yeah, Jesus. It's not about you trying to be super cool. It's not about us trying to be like, oh yeah, I know this is the right way. I'm going to do it on my own. No. It's Jesus. Jesus transforming you. Jesus working in your life. Changing you every single day. That's the way you can live under these standards. That's why the reason if you live like this, you cannot take all the credit. You say, man, it's Jesus, I promise you. Because when I was trying to follow this on my own, it was bad. I, was ended, up, I ended up over there in the other side of bad. So, and also, I don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid when we get into these situations. We have a divine nature and really, really high standards that are not the standards of this world. 
So even if we got into uncomfortable situations, man, I am following the standards of God. And this is, and this is what I have to do because that's what God has called me to do. So let's, let's not be afraid. And I just want to end it up with this. Excuse me. We are, we are called and elected to live in God's standards. And I know I said this already, but I want to say it again. It is possible. It is actually possible. I, really, when I read this, I was like, what? Is it really possible? I mean, it doesn't seem like, man, because I've been coming and going a couple of times last years. Are you serious? Is it really possible? If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. It is possible. How? Jesus. That's how. Father, I, we thank you, Lord, for, for everything. We thank you for being so faithful. We thank you for being such a good and great Father, for, for forgiving, man, every, every single thing. We, we, Lord, we thank you for what you have left for us in this letter of Peter. And just to learn and, and, to, and to actually see that it's indeed possible to, to live like this. It's such a blessing and relief that we can, we can actually do it. Lord, we, we, we just pray that you continue working in our hearts, in all of us, and also in those that are watching this video. Father, and we pray that your name will be exalted to the highest through our lives, through the way we live every day. We bless your name because you deserve it because you're God. We bless you, Jesus, and we thank you again. Thank you so much, Lord, for, for blessing us with yourself in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, it's been, it's been a blessing to be with you all. I like this church. Okay, I confess it. I, li I like you guys. It, it's been... Not really, I mean it... Um, um, Real quick, my wife and I can see God's love in each one of you, and, and it's, been, it's been a great blessing for us. Um, not that we don't see it in other brothers and sisters, of course, but I'm, I mean, I'm just talking about redeeming, I mean, right now. So, it, it, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Um, I know there are some rules. I'm not sure if I like the rules, those rules specifically, but, but hey, let's, let's keep going and learning and... and and loving each other with brotherly affection. And yeah, thank you guys. Love you all. <laughs> hey, Lee. Um, I just... Um, you, can come, you can stand right there and I'll stand... No, you stand up there. There. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what you feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, he's my son. Some people say in law, but really, just son. I just want to say um, thank you, Lee, for sharing the word. And probably like many of you, I was sitting there going, okay, so what's the end of the story? You know, he started off by saying he didn't tell the whole story, but I'm going, we all kind of were hoping that there would be a, you know, make it right kind of thing. So I was really uh, relieved <laughs> in a sense, but that's, that, is, that is an expression of faith, which is really rich. Sometimes it's easier to go to um, Albania than it is to go to some place where we've just made something wrong. 
um, and make it right. And I'm not minimizing at all the faith that it takes to go to Albania. That's, you know, God put, calls us to each separate thing. But every day he's calling us to take steps of faith. <clears throat> and sometimes um, it, it, um, it goes totally against our flesh. And that's where um, I've kind of come to a real simple um, application definition of faith, and that is I agree with God and I do what he says. And uh, very simplistic, because that's the way I think, I guess. And so I want to bless you, Ali, for not only just letting God touch your heart and sharing this, but then, then walking through the expression of faith um, in a way that displays the goodness of God. He is a forgiving God. And um, our world needs to know that. The people who are writing don't understand the forgiveness of God. <clears throat> Most of our neighbors don't understand the forgiveness of God and his love. And, and um, so anyway, um, so I was asked just to close in prayer and, and ask a blessing on the food. So let's do that. God, we thank you that you are a redeeming God who, um, who shows yourself mighty even in our weakness because that's who you are. You're God who redeems and restores. <laughs> um, thank you for your provision for us, your food, your, your spiritual food that you just, just fed us this morning also. In Jesus' name, amen.